Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Friday, June 24th, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, ending the constitutional right to an abortion that was decided on in 1973. The court's controversial but expected ruling now grants states the power to set their own abortion laws, causing even more division in this country. The Business of Being Black today is the ban on abortions its impact on the black community and whether this is a sign that America is going backwards. Please welcome former congressional candidate and the host of The Ask Show, Angela Stanton King. Hi, Angela. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for having me on the show. Welcome back. Author and speaker, Dr. Raphael Usher is here with us. Hi, Dr. Usher. Hi there, Miss Tammy Mack. Good to be on the show. The founder and CEO of Kim Crowder Consulting, my girl, Kim Crowder is here. Hi, Kim. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for having me back again. And the director of public policy for the Hip Hop Caucus, Christopher Walton, is on deck to talk to us about the Roe versus Wade being overturned. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Why should Black people care about this? Why should Black people care about Roe versus Wade being overturned, Kim? Yeah, the data shows us that Black women are three times more likely to die during uh, during giving childbirth than white women. And so absolutely, we must care. And I want to make sure that as we have this conversation, we're thinking about the myriad of reasons that women might need abortions. Absolutely. Why should Black people care, Dr. Usher? Black people should care about this topic simply because it now gives the power back to the people. We now have the right as individuals to vote on what we want in our individual state. See, when the federal government controls everything, that takes away our freedom. It takes away our right to choose. So now we as a people have the ability to choose what we want in regards to abortion rights in our appropriate state. But if I'm in a state like Texas, I am not allowed to choose whether I can have an abortion or not. Well, that's not technically true because you have a right to vote in people that represent you as an individual. And through that representative, they can put in legislation that gives you the right to vote. That's why we live in a democratic republic. It gives But majority rules. So if majority says they they, uh, don't want abortions in that state, then that's what's going to happen, regardless of the minority. Well, that means that you just simply have to work a little bit harder and mobilize, just like the pro-life movement, because I'm pro-life. Just like we mobilize to change the hearts and minds of people, well, the pro-choice movement, they got to start getting out there, busting their butt and changing the hearts and minds of people. That's how democracy works. Majority rules. All right. Or I mobilize to California, huh? <laughs> exactly. Get your butt <laughs> on the bus and see you in California. Right. Angela, why should Black people care about Roe v. Wade being overturned? Well, Black people should care about Roe v. Wade being overturned because for the past two years, we have been screaming Black 
lives matter and black life absolutely does matter and black life begins in the womb. Christopher, your take, why should black people care about this being overturned? Because it's about the, it's actually about the right to choose what you want to do with your body. And the fact that the federal government no longer is recognizing that women and people who no longer have the autonomy to make their own decisions about their bodies. I think it should be, a, it should scare black people first and foremost, because we've seen what happens when we don't have anybody actually coming in to protect us from the federal level when it's left up to the states. Um, Angela, go ahead. Go ahead, Angela. I would just like to ask Christopher, although I respect his 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 um, opinion, help me understand just as a black woman who's carried five children. And when we say it's our body, our choice, you know, none of my children have the same body as me and I don't have the same body as my mother. But why do so many of us believe that we need protection from the federal government when it comes to executing black life in the womb? Why do we need the federal government to give us the right to execute our own children? Well, first and foremost, it's not about executing a child. This is about a medical, a private medical procedure between a woman and her doctor to make that type of decision. Secondly, this isn't about, you know, this, these rights that, you know, to execute somebody from the federal government. The federal government is literally giving women and people who are able to bear children the when ability you, to make those you say you say women then people what people are you referring to because i know the doctor said we won't speak facts today what people besides women people with uteruses who are people, people with uteruses people with uteruses so who are people with someone, uteruses are those someone, biological someone who is transgender who still has a attack so that also a biological female a biological female Okay. All, All right. of this is part of the conversation. Okay. All right. I'm just. I just want to make sure we're clear for anybody that doesn't understand because I clearly know the difference. Well, I think we're we're a referencing a vagina. We're referencing any person that can have a child, right. which is women and women a child that can that come can out children. of the womb, okay. specifically right. women. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe that's what Christopher said. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, Kim, Angela says that we should care about this because Black lives matter. There is a point to be made there. How can we say Black lives matter and then abort our babies at the same time and be okay and 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 have an issue with the ban uh, that the Supreme Court has uh, passed down? Yeah, one of the things that I mentioned on top is that we should really be thinking about all of the myriad of reasons that women or people with uteruses are having abortions. So for instance, if you, I, a lot of my friends are OBGYNs. If you talk to those folks and you look at the time periods in which they may find out something is wrong with the baby and that that life could be up against the mother's life, uh, whether or not a mother should carry to term and what that could mean for her. Those are also a part of the conversation. It could be that the, a woman or someone with a uterus was raped. What does that mean? So as we talk about this, that's why I said we need to really look at this from the full gambit. There are a myriad of reasons why someone decides they don't want to carry a baby to term. But at the end of the day, it is their choice. And so that is why we should be caring about this. Absolutely. Um, I got an I, issue with that. Go ahead, Dr. Usher. Listen, you, you, you bring up these issues about abortion and the circumstances surrounding abortion. And let's be honest, the, 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 Congo, the Congress website, congress.gov, gives the stats about abortion. Less than 0.9%, Angela, you might have the, the more stats based on this, but less than 0.9% are due to those issues. 
the majority of the abortions are just elective because they just want to get rid of the baby. And then I got to touch on this point. You're saying that a child who was raped, a, a, a woman who was raped, that baby's worth less as a human being than a baby who wasn't? Are you trying to say that, that a poor person who has that. a baby, that baby's worth less? I didn't say that. That's you interpreting what I said. I well, said that the woman has a right to choose what oh. she does in that situation. But also that 0.9% may mean nothing to you, but it certainly means something to that individual woman who has been through that circumstance. So, so as a woman who has idea, been through that circumstance. Oh, that thought, Angela. Go ahead. Okay. As far as this idea of that's just a very small percentage. For one, the number of uh, prosecutions around rape is very low. And so truth, the truth of the matter is, is we don't really know if that number is accurate or not. I can tell you a number of women who have been raped who never went and, and prosecuted. So I wanna make sure that again, as we are talking about this, we're talking about it from a myriad of perspectives. And so if, if, if a woman has been raped and doesn't find you know, enough rage to prosecute the person that, that raped her, why should she find enough rage to execute the baby? Because what we have to understand is that it's still her baby, right? So I'm still the mother of that child, regardless of that circumstance. And I can't execute the rapist, but I can execute the child as a woman who has been raped, as a woman who has been molested and carried five of our children. When we have this, this, this pro-life and this pro-choice debate, you know, one side is pro-life and then we say the other side is pro-choice, but the opposite of life is death. Because if you were pro-life, you would not need a choice. So we are talking about actually choosing as women to say, right, outside of that 1%, because we can't allow a, mi a minority of only 1% to have the ruling over the other 99. Jamel Hill just put out an op-ed about how she wasn't raped, she wasn't incest, she, she had money, the father was there, the families were there, she just didn't want to be a mother at that time. And what we need to take into consideration as a Black community is, for one, the foundation of Planned Parenthood, the founder of Planned Parenthood, the Negro Project, the eugenics behind it, hold, and why the majority of the abortion clinics are in our neighborhoods. Hold that thought, Angela. Christopher, is America going backwards because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Do you think this is backwards? Because uh, let's face it. All of the justices, uh, when they were being nominated, said it was settled law. They all said it, uh, but maybe not so much. Well, I think with this, in this instance, it's going backwards because now you're holding people, you're holding them hostage in the states they live in to make a decision that they want to make about their bodies and their choices. Now, uh, to go back to uh, the conversation around rape and abortion, it's whether it is someone's been raped, whether someone has a medical issue around it. Honestly, it's none of our business right. what somebody wants to do with their body. It's not and their that's body. That's the problem. Oh, that thought, Angela. Oh, that so, thought, Angela. Let him speak. And so the, the problem that we run into is that, you know, we have people like Angela who may believe that, you know, the whole thing like Todd Aiken with a legitimate rape. But when a woman is going through the most violent thing she could possibly go through and not a force her to carry that person's baby, I think that's insane. And that's why we have situations where we have life of the mother, rape and incest. You know, some people always complain and say, well, we're not giving parents the ability to decide what their kid, if their kid wants to have an abortion. Well, what if their parents, the reason that kid needs to have an abortion? So why do we not allow these people to have the ability to make the decisions around their bodies? You know, it's about the freedom of choice of what you want to do with your life and where you want to proceed with. 
I that's think that this choice. whole conversation is going to be based off of the 1%. They, they, there's no other excuse other than what if there is rape when we know that 99% of Hold that thought. We got to take a commercial break. But when we come rape. back, I do want to let's talk about uh, abortion being a form of violence. Is it a form of violence? We'll talk about it when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, y'all. Right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And today, the business of being black is Roe v. Wade. So is abortion a form of violence, Dr. Usher? Absolutely. It's the most horrific form of violence on the earth. Listen to this. I used to be pro-choice. I grew up pro-choice. I went to college. I went to a sociology class where they discussed abortion. Yes, I was pro-choice. Yes, a woman has a right to choose. But then they show abortion videos in my sociology class of this baby being ripped apart and you saw the look on his face. They showed the various types of abortions from the sucking out, from the snapping of the back of his head and you saw it jerk. You saw what they did, the saline injection where they burned the baby alive inside the womb. When I saw that, my, my brain told me, wait a minute, that baby can feel pain. That baby tried to scream. That baby was moving away from this sharp object going through this woman's uterus. Like it, it, it could feel it. it. It was moving away from it. So I realized at that moment, the people who are pro-choice have probably never honestly watched an abortion video a day in their lives. And I believe that if they ever well, watched- Well, I can tell you right now, you're speaking uh, from your man perspective because any woman who has ever had an abortion knows exactly what happens. You have to watch I don't think so. I don't you think so. You have to watch video, Dr. Usher. Dr. Usher, you have to watch video. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman that's video. had one. I don't agree with that because I have had an abortion in the past when I was younger and I bought the lie that it wasn't a life, that it was just a clump of cells. And we need to be honest. You know, when Roe v. Wade was passed, they didn't have access to ultrasounds. Technology mm -hmm. has advanced. We are able to know that it is a baby. And then when we use common sense, we know that every life got here the same way. Your mother got pregnant. If, if, if the baby wasn't alive, you wouldn't need an abortion to kill it. Dead things exactly. do not grow. And I think that it is um, a shame that us as Black Americans believe that us not having the right to execute our own offspring is setting us back or some type of form of oppression from the government. Where in history or in civil rights did Black women ever ask for abortion, march mm -hmm. for abortion, or fight for abortion. Our ancestors fought for us to be free. They did not fight for us to have the right to lynch well, our own Well, Black children. women did fight for abortions. Absolutely. Where? They were on the front line when, when it, when, when who? it. What do you mean who? Black who women. Some of Black the names. Women they have to be some names. Well, we know there, there doesn't have to be any names. There, there has to be absolutely no names. Uh, if w black women have fought for the rights for women, women's empowerment, period. I mean, it's black women have always been involved. Black women have always been involved in everything that equates to freedom and justice in this country. We have been on the front line. We have been watching reasons why the Supreme Court decided uh, in 1973 that abortions would be legal. You know that was a lie. Uh, yeah, I want right? to ask you this: How you know does the reversal of Roe versus Wade disproportionately harm Black and Brown women? Yeah, you know, one of the things again, if you talk to any uh, someone who's an OB/GYN and you hear the stories about 
what it means for a woman to have to carry a baby to term, knowing that that baby is not going to be born whole. Um, a lot of times, especially when you look at financially, what that means for a woman to have to cross state lines, because oftentimes, particularly in the state of Texas, there's a time period for which a woman can have an abortion, but she may not find out that her child is not going to develop or that her life may be in danger until after that time period. So a lot of times it's socioeconomic uh, connected to it, but also sometimes it's age. Uh, it could be a younger woman who doesn't have access to be able to go do that to cross state lines as well. So there's a there are myriad of reasons, but also at the end of the day, again, it's back to choice and people should have the option of choice. I know that everyone on this panel does not agree with that, but I certainly want choice Why as a woman. Why doesn't the baby have mind. a choice? Oh, that thought, Angela, let her complete her thought. I'm sorry, say that again, Kim. Yeah, I certainly as a woman want to make sure that I have a choice, especially if I am in a position where something has happened and I, I decide that, that that is not the course of my life that I want uh, my life to go in. Christopher, I, I want to ask you, um, how will this harm or affect black and brown people disproportionately? Well, because if you look at the states where these these states that are banning abortions, they're mostly in the states where black and brown people live down south, in the Midwest, out west. These are the states that are banning this process. Uh, and to go back to what Angela was talking about earlier, about black people never having a, wanted the option to have an abortion. That's frankly bull. And it's a lie. The fact that women used to throw themselves over the boats when they were being dragged over here as slaves. I think that they were deciding they didn't want to spend their lives as slaves in that in that situation. Or when they would do the That's same the thing. Person in the slave aborting themselves. Their That's, That's a person true. aborting themselves. Or That's the same thing they would do with their babies themselves. as well in those slave cabins. Uh, but I would, listen, would you rather spend 20, 30 years in slave or would you rather look on your face right and tell you me that black women had a choice and say that we want to kill our children. That's what you're telling me as a black woman, somebody that's been to prison, came home with all statistics against me and raised five babies on my own. You're telling me that as a black woman, I think that what's best for me is me having the opportunity to execute the lives that I created. You are absolutely wrong. And again, you know when Think is that you have the right to make that decision for yourself. We, we we have a choice. We have a choice to practice pregnancy prevention. Abortions can be right. uh, can be you know it doesn't have to happen. It can be prevented, right? We can. I give you that one. You're right on that one. We don't have to have abortions because we if we actually put the babies, things that would pre prevent people from having about, to need them. Excuse me, Christopher. I'm not done. Can we talk about organ harvesting? Can we talk about the fact that no woman that's ever aborted their baby has walked out of the abortion clinic with their baby's remains? Can we discuss that? What happens to these aborted babies that we are uh, sacrificing at the abortion mills? And when we talk about black women dying, let me just say this. We have been giving birth since the beginning of time. If we are dying, it's because they are killing us in these hospitals. Birth is natural. We have been giving birth in sheds. We have been giving birth in cars. Every other being, every other animal gives birth. For them to all of a sudden say, black women are three times likely to die than white women, regardless of income or education, should be a slap in the face to every person that's on this panel. Because for one, you as a black man, you might look elsewhere to procreate because you may look at us as though we are less than. Why are we, after Big Mama and them had 10, 12 kids in one generation, now three times likely to die. It it's because of those, it's, it's actually- it's I never stop being three times more likely to die because of that situation. Because a lot of those situations where, where uh, doulas and everything would come through and actually give birth to those people. 
Exactly. Well, Who was in midwives? But hold that thought, Angela. I've got to let yeah, other people talk on the yeah. panel. So hold that thought. Well, I'm enjoying it. I know you got a lot to say, and I want to hear everything you have to say, but I also want to include the other panelists here. Um, one thing about it is that technology that uh, uh, Angela and Dr. Usher just spoke of, because of technology, uh, most most mothers don't use do doulas and midwives in this day and age. We go to the doctor. We go to the That's hospital. Why they and because of that... Exactly. Because of that, uh, there is a, a disproportionately uh, racist uh, uh, perception of black women in those hospitals. And and people from the highest, from Serena Williams to Beyonce, have talked about that. Tatiana Ali have talked about how they were treated differently, regardless of how large and how much money that they make. They have had issues in the hospital. Uh, and that directly has to do with slavery and how black women were viewed as not human when they were three fifths of and a that's person. That's why we need our own hospitals. Maybe Beyonce uh, uh, build us our own hospital with our own black. No, I don't necessarily want a singer to build a hospital for me, but I understand where you're going with that. Is restricting abortions a form of inherent racism, Kim? Is restricting abortions a form of inherent racism. You know, what I find interesting about that statement is that I don't know that it's directly connected to racism only, but I do know it's connected to patriarchy. And that is certainly a big part of this conversation. And it, the idea that white women are not having abortions is not the case. White women are absolutely having abortions, but I do think it's directly connected to patriarchy, which if you pull back, is directly connected to white supremacy. So I don't know if I say that restricting abortions is specifically racist and it's only for a certain group of people, but I do very much so believe it is about the control of women's bodies. The decision was made by mostly men at the end of the day, and then a white woman and they're all white. And so in that they are bringing their perspectives around the decisions that they're making and how they're deciding what will except for Clarence Thomas, but you know, um, <laughs> deciding what happens to women's bodies. Dr. Usher, do you think it's a form of inherent racism? I think abortion itself is a form of inherent racism. Let's take a I quick break five and seconds, come right but... back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is the ban on abortions, its impact on the Black community, and whether this is a sign that America is going backwards. Please welcome former congressional candidate and the host of The Ask Show, Angela Stanton King, author and speaker, Dr. Raphael Usher, the founder and CEO of Kim Crowder Consulting, Kim Crowder, and the director of public policy for the Hip Hop Caucus, Christopher Walton. Christopher, um, we're going to get to you, but I want to uh, complete the question that we were asked before break to Dr. Usher. Do you think restricting abortions is a form of inherent racism? So let me explain what Tammy means by that question. There is a certain segment of liberal ideology that states that only white people get the benefit of abortion. So therefore, if only white people can get abortions, then it's inherently discriminatory against black people. But we got to remember Margaret Sanger. She intentionally targeted black people. Her goal was to annihilate and remove the black population. So to say that not getting, a, not getting abortion is racist, actually not getting abortion is actually going to help the black community because it's going to grow our numbers. And you talk about black representation. Well, think about it. Two million babies have been aborted since Roe v. Wade. Now imagine, just do some numbers. If those two million babies were, were had been allowed to live, and let's say they got married and each of them had three kids on their own, people, 
we would be in larger numbers and we probably would have had a black president a long time ago. So I think that it's asinine to believe that, you know, abortion is racist, you know, pro, not giving a black person abortion is racist. It's actually the opposite. Uh, Christopher, what do you think? Is restricting abortions inherently racist? It may not necessarily be inherently racist, but it definitely affects the race, the different racial groups of America a lot differently. Because white people, rich people, will still be able to get abortions. And one thing we need to understand here about this whole debate, Roe v. Wade being overturned is not going to end abortions in the United States of America. It's going to end safe abortions in the United States of America because people are going to still get their abortions if that's what they want. And the fact that they can leave their states, which is still legal, and there is no way any of these states can ban them from leaving their states because of, you know, we're an entire nation and we're in a free nation. So you can't ban somebody from leaving your state. But we are still people are still going to get those abortions. And whether they do it safely and whether they have the money and resources to get to it, that is what makes it inherently and systemically racist. In 1987, Ben Wattenberg, the former advisor to President Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, published the book The Birth Dirt. And except uh, an, an, er, an excerpt, sorry, an excerpt from the book reads, the major problem confronting the United States today is there aren't enough white babies being born. Boom. If we don't do something <laughs> about this and do it now, white people will be in the numerical minority and we will no longer be a white man's land. Is the overturning of Roe versus Wade just a way to increase the number of white babies being born in America? And what could this mean for black and brown communities if that's so? And I'll take it so I didn't get to answer the last question. I think that stopping abortion definitely benefits the white community. If they are smart enough to understand that they need to preserve their numbers, then I think that we should a lot we should hop on board we should also see the importance of us preserving our numbers um there is strength in numbers and i think that um there are 900 not think i know but reports are showing that there are 900 black babies that are being aborted each and every single day Mm -hmm. and i think that if we are tired of saying we're an oppressed minority there's only one way for us to become the majority and i just don't believe that there is any liberation or freedom and six white men giving us the right as women to say that we can kill or execute our own children. I think that that in itself is white supremacy. And mm-hmm. that's the best thing we could do for the KKK is get rid of one of our own. That way they don't have to do it. So and I think we all Mag, let me let me I add this. To, Not to cut you off, Miss Angela. Let me add this. On Congress.gov website, it says on Congress.gov, 79% of Planned Parenthood abortion facilities are in black neighborhoods. Who do you think they're targeting? Who do you think these and people are targeting? And their advertisement and their marketing. If you go down Planned Parenthood's page, people. they're trying to kill us. You see is we're a, a threat person. to them. And the that black was women the- are fertile. We can drop babies. They, black women can drop babies like, like, like flies. I'm telling you. But we used to. We used to, and everybody on here knows that it's fact. So we're not all going to agree. But I think that the one thing we can agree on is that we all appreciate and value Black life. And if we appreciate and value Black life and we want other people to do the same, then we'll begin to value the lives that we create on our own. You know, what I think is challenging to me in this conversation is that the conversation is being had that the only way that Black folks are dying in this country uh, uh, inequitably is directly and only connected to 
abortions. And no it's just going to be Wait a minute. Can we let her complete her thought? Can we allow her to complete her thought? Can we allow her to complete her thought? Thank you. And so some of the laying out this sort of if there, if these black babies were born, they would have gotten married. They would have had three children. It's not necessarily true, first of all. And so I don't think we can talk in ideals at that level. Well, I think that's we what have you to are, really are Angela, we have to let her complete her thought. We have to let her complete her thought. Well, I think it's important to talk about where things are right now. And that's just, we just simply cannot one predict that, but also this idea that, that this is the only way that black lives are being ended inequitably in this country are un is untrue. And so we really have to look at all of this as a systemic issue. And so looking at what are the systemic issues leading to, I, I just, I actually agree with Angela around why black women continuously are dying uh, around childbirth. That's a systemic issue. When we talk about uh, where Planned Parenthood are in the community, that is a systemic issue. And so talking about that in part, in, in addition to this conversation, is important. Um, could the overturning of Roe versus Wade open doors to restricting other rights like same-sex marriage and contraception? Because that's certainly uh, what Clarence Thomas suggested the court should reconsider those as well, Christopher? Well, the thing with uh, Jenny's boy, Uncle Thomas, the problem that we run into is the fact that he has already said the silent part out loud. He's made it very clear that marriage equality, the right to have sex with whom you want to have sex with, the right to have birth control, all these things are on the table and he wants to get rid of these things. It's amazing, he suddenly, he forgot to talk about the, you know, the federal government's intervention in interracial marriage, but we won't go down that road. But we have to look at the facts that are here. This current state, this current federal Supreme Court is rolling back every single right that we have earned as a nation, from the civil rights movement to the women's rights movement to the gay liberation movement, every single thing that this Supreme Court is working on is to literally destroy the work that these communities have built and worked hard for. And we have to stand up and fight back. We cannot allow them in all these places to roll us back. I think it's sad that when we address a, a, a black man who's reached the type of achievements that Clarence Thomas has, that we have to recognize him or address him as some type of sellout or coon. Right? When in actuality, he's the one that just passed a law that will, whether we like it or not, save black life while we have this young man down here advocating for black life. So let's all be respectful to each other's opinions yeah. and respect the fact that a black man made it all the way up to a Supreme Court justice. Aborting our children should have never been a part of a civil rights movement. Exactly. I don't look at that as a We've civil had black men on the Supreme Court. A civil rights black for our children Court. is making sure that they have school choice, making sure that they have livable, livable wages, making sure that their innocence is being protected and make sure that they can walk down the street and go to school without being mm -hmm. shot. It's amazing to see all of these black people stand up when it comes time for Chris, us. Chris, I want to get children. you in here. I want to get you in here, Chris. Say about an anti-hate well, crime to, bill after Ms. our children. Miss Angela, shot. hold on for a second. Hold on a second. What I think what Chris, what will solve Chris's issue or concerns is that when Congress codifies this stuff as law, See, right now, everything's been done through executive order, but nothing's been codified. So once everything is codified, this gay marriage thing won't be an issue, but nothing's been codified yet. So y'all need to get mobilized and start codifying these rules and laws that you guys want on the books. Do you think 
Well, when we come back, Kim, we'll come to you. We want to know about uh, other laws. Clarence Thomas has suggested that we should look at other uh, laws that are in place by the Supreme Court, as such as same-sex marriage, such as contraception. Uh, they don't want nobody having sex around these parts. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> so we'll talk about that when we stuff. come back. We'll talk about that when we when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. We'll be right back, y'all. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And the Business of Being Black today is Roe versus Wade. How will this affect the Black community? Or will it at all? Kim, uh, could the overturning of Roe v. Wade open doors to restricting other rights like same-sex marriage, contraception? Uh, our, our Justice Clarence Thomas has already suggested that those are next. I think it's interesting that Clarence Thomas felt that that was necessary to say, and it was necessary to point out. Uh, I do think, I mean, do we know for sure? We don't Look, know I yet. guess he was saying, y'all don't have to leak this one. I'm telling you. <laughs> right. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it is unfortunate that that is the course of action. If that is the case, based on what he said, that that is the course of action. Now we are looking to see where we can make a dent in uh, ways that people have found freedom to be themselves people have found freedom to make choices. We want to roll that back. It's, and it's concerning. The only reason there, why he wants to roll that back. Is there anything that we can do about that, though, at yes. this point? Yes. And the only reason why he's rolling that back, Ms. Tammy, is because those issues were pushed upon American people through executive action. It was not codified through the House and Senate. It was something that Mr. President Obama pushed upon people. And if he would have done things the right way, this would not have been an issue today. But that's what happens when you when you live in a, a tyranny where someone just wants to dictate the law, but not use the process to make things officially the law. Codify. So I'm going to chime in right here because clearly he doesn't understand U.S. constitutional government. The president of the United States does not push anything through the United States. Well, executive action he does. He can become what a tyrant. Executive action, action made action. gay marriage. What, what executive action made gay marriage legal in the United States? Through executive the United action, States Supreme Court he pushed a lot of things sense. through. There's nothing codified in Congress, in our laws, that states anything contrary to what that justifies any of this issue. It's just the simple fact that when Congress codifies it, it's a done deal. But nobody wants to codify it. Want to know why? Because they want to use this as a tool to keep America fighting with each other, because it benefits the political elite and not the people. Well, let me say this. Um, when you refer to they, who are you referring to, Dr. Usher? Political elitists, uh, white liberals, white liberal Democrats that want to use these issues to maintain their power and control. Because when you get into politics, it's all about power and control. As long as they can have power and control over us, keep us fighting against each other, then they'll always have power. And that's all let they me, want is power. Let me give I'm you guys another how perspective. We have this conversation another honest about perspective about the gay rights issue. Political elites. It's odd to me that let we me, that, let that me that give a, elites would be seen as that only political elites would be seen as democratic white political elites. I'm that. Well, we got rhinos. I, I've, I've never, I've never heard, I've never heard it in that. We have and, rhinos, and I happen to agree with Kim. I think that we have elitists on both sides. But rhinos. let me just say this: when it comes to the gay rights issue, I myself and a lot of people probably think I'm opposite. 
I'm not opposed to two adults wanting to marry who they marry. I think that's between them and God. But I think one of the reasons why this issue is coming back up is because the same thing that happened with abortion. Abortion started out with something that was supposed to be safe, legal, and rare, and just in the instance of rape or incest or medical emergencies. And we've saw it go from that all the way up to them wanting to abort babies up until the moment of birth. I think that that is an issue and was something that caused attention to this issue and why people caused to overturn it. When it comes to the issue of gay rights, I think the majority of people don't have an issue with two adults getting married. But when we begin to see agendas being pushed down on our children, mm -hmm. where our exactly. children are being sexually transitioned, where mm -hmm. they are being taught in school about all of these different gender identity options and they're only exactly. in pre-K and kindergarten, I think that's what's bringing the gay rights issue back up to the forefront, which is why I wish that we could all come together regardless of what our political party is or our sexuality is and say, hey, wait a minute. Let's all do what we can to just protect the innocence of children. But I do believe that's why that issue is coming back to the forefront because of what we're seeing happening um, with America's children, to be honest. That's just my frankly. Texas that's Senator John Cornyn responded to a tweet by former President Barack Obama denouncing the road decision. Uh, he's an avid anti-abortionist. He responded with this. Now do Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown versus Board of Education. Is Senator Cornyn stating what many Republicans say to each other in private? The They've been getting caught a lot lately saying the, the quiet part out loud. And frankly, the whole argument that she just made was crap. That's the conservative movement that is trying to break me. Let's let him get his thought out. Let's let Christopher get his thought out, please. Well, I don't want him lying either because I'm a Republican. Let's be respectful. We don't talk like that. Please, let's be respectful. Thank you. Christopher. As I was saying before the middle of my sentence interrupted the beginning of theirs, the problem that we're facing right now is the fact that we have folks on the conservative movement who like to attack and galvanize their population because they have nothing to stand on other than making somebody else look, look bad. So now they're attacking gay rights. They're attacking trans rights. They're attacking a woman's right to choose. They want to go and make it a big deal. The attorney general of Texas literally last night just said that his plan is to go and invalidate Lawrence v. Texas, the right to have sex. Why are you concerned with that? That has it's nothing not about, maybe it's, it's not about the right to have. I specifically said that my issue was with children, so don't put words exactly. in my mouth. There That's is an issue this. when I don't think he's ideology. speaking to any, I don't think he's speaking to either of you personally. He's referring to conservatives in well, general. Well, we're conservatives. Well, we're conservatives. Personal. So you're Christopher, did you want to complete your thought? Christopher, you know, I went to Mississippi State University, and one of the things I learned from being down south is that a hit dog a holler. So as we move forward down this road, we are looking at what the problems that the conservative movement is causing right now. We have the right what to marry. What about the problems you all are causing with our children and all of our children exactly. want to say? Angela, we have to allow him to complete it. We just asked, he just interrupted us, Tammy. Yeah, you too. know he interrupted us. You know he interrupted no, us. I, unfortunately, no one's been able to interrupt you at all. You <laughs> so. have, but I'll shut up. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. So, so what we're running into right now is that the conservative movement is literally, they feel they're on the move. They feel they got it right now. And we they do. don't. No, they really no, don't. That's not true, sir. Because what they're causing, they're causing the division. 60, over 60% of the American people believes in the right to choose. Over 60% of the American people believe in marriage equality. That's not I'm true, sure sir. over 100% of the American, well, not, maybe not 100%, maybe the, pe the people who aren't getting any, 
believe you should have the right to decide who you have sex with and how you have sex and whether you should have birth control. Clearly, Listen. there are some who don't. I have no idea what's going on in their bedroom, and I don't care what there, what's going on in their bedroom, but they are interested in what's going on in mine. And that's Listen, a problem. The only Dr. reason Usher, why, ma'am, the only reason why, and sorry, Christopher, the only reason why we're concerned about what's going on in your bedroom is because you're making it known to us. You go out here in these gay pride videos. They got men shaking their dinglings in front of children. They're going to these schools with the Dr. Usher, school. I have to They're stop doing all this right stuff. Usher, and you're bringing Dr. it to Usher. our children. So Dr. Dr. Usher, Usher, I have to stop Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Come on now. I got videos. I got videos. I have to say this. This is not about homosexuals or gay people having sex because heterosexuals have had sex for eons of years and we show it on television, yeah. soap operas, we show it on no, porn. Like it. We, we don't say too much like like Let's not act like club. gay people are flinging their piece around. Heterosexuals haven't been doing that for right years on. and years and years. We so let's not like get her down. Have never gone out. Uh, is, is, have you ever moved back to the abortion? I want to move back. I want to get back on track here. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Let me get back on track. Um, some corporations in like, <laughs> speaking of uh, CEO <laughs> Dick Sporting Goods, uh, Lauren Hobart announced uh, via LinkedIn that they will cover the travel cost for employees who want to get an abortion. Additional companies in alignment are Starbucks, Tesla, Yelp, uh, Walt Disney Company, Meta, and more. Kim, what are your thoughts on some corporations taking a stand against the ruling? I'm in favor of it. Uh, there are plenty of organizations who are doing Salesforce, and I won't say plenty, but quite a few have stepped up and said, we will pay for that. Uh, for team members who want to do it. First of all, in general, we need more organizations backing uh, uh, around anything around a parental rights and that sort of thing. We already have a lack of that. Ideally, they would, they would also do this around other pieces of it, but I won't get into that. But I don't think there's any wrong, anything wrong with an organization saying we will back employees who want, who want to have the right to choose and here's what that looks like. Why We're going to come right back more? after this break on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Foxhole. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. Christopher, I want to get to you. What are your thoughts of some of these corporations taking a stand uh, on the court's decision, the Supreme Court's decision? I think they should take stands on more decisions going forward. Mm. Excellent. Angela? I think that the decisions these companies are making are no different than slave masters back in the day taking Black women to sell or get rid of their children. You are not doing me a favor by driving me to the abortion clinic to abort my blessing nor my future. If you want to do me a favor as a Black woman, invest in me becoming a first-time home buyer, invest in me starting my own company, or invest in some type of financial literacy, or how about invest in the life of my offspring? The only option they have for us is abortion. Everybody needs to be asking why. Mm. Dr. Usher, will the immediate bans on abortion in the 13 states eventually affect access on birth control? Uh, CVS and Rite Aid pharmacies are limiting purchases of Plan B following the overturning of Roe versus Wade right now. I think it's an overreaction on their part because they assume that things are going to happen. And I think it's just political hype, if anything. But what I think corporations should be doing is They'll put money into people crossing those borders to get abortions, but they won't put money into maternity leave and give these women, you know, more than two weeks 
off time, off work to have a baby. It doesn't make sense. Um, so I, it does seem a little bit hypocritical to, on one hand, say you can't have abortions, but then on the other hand, don't provide maternity maternity leave and mm -hmm. also don't provide universal health care mm -hmm. or anything that would help in the health of, of these children that America wants you to have so badly. Kim? One of the things that I was alluding to previously when asked the question about companies was around maternity leave. Well, that's one of the areas that companies should be investing in. We, we do need better medical care. So all of that can be true and this. Um, so, and so in, in the, as we're talking about this, yes, or, organizations should absolutely be looking to expand benefits for employees. Uh, and then also, they can also do this as well. So uh, how many more states do you think will, re, uh, will enact restrictions, Kim? I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, really, in all honesty, we'll have to watch and see. But we do know uh, the states that are largely blue, uh, uh, excuse me, largely red, are going to do that. We, you know, we've already starting to hear rumblings uh, around this, and so, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Angela, how many states do you think? You know, I have no idea, but I just like to ask Congress if we have, you know, up to fifty billion dollars over to send you to Ukraine to fund their war. Can't we put that fifty billion dollars into our communities to give Black women another option besides abortion? I think that that would definitely be a start. The fact that a lot of Black women are saying, hey, we're not financially able to care for our children. Maybe if our Congress and our government stood up more to fight for these children to live healthy lives, then we can also reduce the numbers in abortion. I love that thought. I think we can all agree with you on that. Um, let's, uh, Dr. Usher, what can you tell us about your website and the topics that you discuss? Well, DrUsher.com, we're going to have uh, Kayanne Michael on the show. She is a conservative black woman, and she's also a candidate for District 16 of the state of Florida. And she began her path as a political activist, speaking out as an angel mom. Donald Trump backed this woman, a black woman. You, you thought you think Donald Trump was a racist. This dude backed this woman, and she's going to be on my show, and she's going to talk about why, how she became an angel mom and how an illegal immigrant murdered her son. And it's a quite impelling story. And I invite all you guys to come on drusher.com, tune in, check it out, ask questions and get to know this lady. Excellent. Christopher, the Hip Hop Caucus, we want to know all about it. Yeah, so the Hip Hop Caucus uh, is actually going to be launching a short film series today uh, on environmental racism and the harmful effects of petrochemicals uh, in black and brown communities. Oh, OK. What does the Hip Hop Caucus generally do? So the Hip Hop Caucus is an organization that was founded out of the Voter Die movement back in 2004. Uh, our path is working to reach out to people between the ages of 18 and 40 who grew up in the hip hop culture, who may not necessarily be involved in politics, but want to get involved in politics. Talk to them about the issues that matter, issues around environmental justice, racial justice, how to make sure they're doing, as John Lewis would say, good trouble. Um, making sure that they're active in their communities and engaging with them so that we can have... Um, you know, great debates going forward. Kim, please tell everybody about Kim Crowder Consulting. Kim Crowder Consulting uh, works with organizations in building workplaces that uh, are centered around diversity, equity, and inclusion, particularly creating equitable practices, equitable processes that directly benefit those folks who have been historically ignored. Um, I've had you on the show a couple of times. I want to know an example of what you do. Do you have an example that you're allowed to share with us? 
Yeah, I can give you an example. For instance, we can look at an organization and look at uh, their turnover rates, for instance, uh, and find out that in their turnover rates, those turnover rates are directly pointed at uh, folks who've been historically ignored, particularly Black. It could be Black women. It could be people who are South Asian. Uh, and the ways that organizations sort of hide behind this idea of, oh, we have more women in the organization, when in fact, it's really white women who are benefiting uh, in that workplace, or we find white men are the ones with the more power and more money within organizations. So walking into the organizations, assessing that, finding that out, and then building practices around that, um, working directly, uh, looking at their practices, working directly, it could be anything from hiring, uh, but it also could be their practices in the way that they are operating on a day-to-day in a workplace so that that changes and shifts so that that workplace is more equitable. Excellent. Angela, the Ask Show, please talk about it. I'm just asking, ASK, we are not conspiracy theorists. We're just asking the questions that need to be asked. And so that is my talk show. And I'm just here. I have a variety of people on my show from the Democrat side as well as the Republican side. And the bottom line is we want to know how we can come together to push forth initiatives that work best for the Black community. American King Foundation, we're on the front line fighting against medical apartheid. I'm sure we're all familiar with what that is. And then also just make sure that we're creating a lot of awareness. Christopher Walton, I think that it's wonderful what your organization does and you guys focus on racism. I would encourage you, young man, to research the systemic racism and abortion and to teach that as well. But Tammy, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Dr. Arsha, um, how can our allies support marginalized communities in the aftermath of an overturned uh, ruling like Roe versus Wade? Well, the first thing we have to do is just recognize the truth. We got to learn how to teach the truth. Once you know the history about this whole issue, I think Black people will wake up. I think the majority of Black people in an urban community that I've worked with they're totally ignorant of the history. They don't know anything about Margaret Sanger. They don't know anything about Lyndon B. Johnson's statement about, hey, we got to do something about these Black people before they take over the country. They so, don't know so anything about that. basically learn the history. Okay, yeah. got it. Kim, uh, how can our allies support marginalized communities in the aftermath of an overturned ruling like Roe v. Wade? Yeah, I agree with Dr. Usher. All of us should have a better understanding of American uh, history in general overall, but also really looking at the way that if you're looking at someone who's an ally, the way that you're voting, uh, the way that you're making decisions around voting, is that the way that you're making decisions around voting, supporting communities that are maybe different than you, who may not benefit in the same way that you would when you vote a certain way. So a real ally is taking a look at how their day-to-day practices uh, directly impact those communities, but also uh, their, the way that they vote. Christopher, how? How can our allies support marginalized communities in the aftermath of Roe v. Wade? Well, by getting out there and donating to the organizations that are actually helping people get to the medical access they need to get the right to an abortion if they need so. Um, also, making sure that we can get out there and make sure that since they want to start a fight with us, make sure they respect our votes. Make sure to respect our choices. Make yeah. sure we get out there this November, register to vote, make sure we're pushing candidates who believe in the issues that we believe in, and make sure we get out there and even if ourselves put ourselves on the ballots and get out there and make things happen. Angela, how? 
Well, I think one of the ways to do is to make sure that we're putting our focus in pregnancy prevention, because if we don't create the life, then we don't have to end the life. Instead of seeing all of these people come together and want to raise money for us to abort our offspring, I think that we should come together and raise money so that our offspring can live healthy lives. We need to come together and raise money so that we're able to train these mothers on issues like financial literacy and entrepreneurship, put them in a position where they don't feel like they have to abort. I love it. Put them in the position where they don't have to have an abortion. Love it. Thank you so much, Angela, Dr. Usher, Kim, and Christopher. That is the business of being Black on Fox Soul. I'm Tammy Mack. Bye, y'all.